Welcome to Unsigned Hype episode 19. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Nuke Franklin from Cleveland. Prior to our interview, I asked Nuke which song he would play for someone that wasn't familiar with his music yet. Nuke chose a song Got Me Fucked Up. And if you're not familiar with Nuke Franklin's music yet, here's a snippet of that song before we jump into the interview. This is Unsigned Hype. The song you just heard is called Got Me Fucked Up by Nuke Franklin, who's joining me from Cleveland today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. Nuke, why is Got Me Fucked Up the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? Uh, I think it's the full package. I think you get a very, very good inside look at my delivery, uh, lyricism, the catchiness, song structure. I, I think it's like a good melting pot of just everything that I have to offer. And I just like it. It just get me hype and just, it feel good. On that song, you, you have this line where you say, I'm just too important to be treated so invisible. What did you mean by that exactly? I think it covers, for me, when I was writing it, it just covers all bases. Uh, musically, personally, like professionally, everything. Like nobody wants to feel invisible, but it's times that I know me, I'm moody. So like I have my times where I feel like I'm invisible. And that basically was that basically was me saying like, nah, you got me fucked up. I'm not, I'm too important to be invisible. I'm too pivotal of a person. You know, kind of just like talking myself up and uh just like reaffirming my own confidence. Where's this need for reaffirmation of your own confidence coming from? Oh, childhood issue. Nah, uh, honestly, <laughs> like uh, I think as I think as an artist, we all want to be. We want the attention. We want the validation. That's why we do it. If we didn't want those things, we would just make music and never release it. But we release it in hopes to get that validation and hopes to get that adoration from people like strangers i think it's interesting honestly like it's kind of psychotic when you think about it yeah no but i get it i mean that's that's what we create art for right i mean we we can't just do it for ourselves we have to we have to do it for someone to see and for someone to 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 judge it how is that for you people people judging what you do and especially now with your with your recent album that just came out you know i think with every project that musicians, at least I'm assuming, put out, you know, there's, there's massive anticipation, obviously, on how it's going to be received, right? Well, it's, that's actually a very, very funny story. But um, I thought I was doing pretty well because I always keep in mind that I make music for myself, first and foremost. I make it for myself. It's a formal release for me. But I am an artist, so I choose to release music. And I always just have to keep in mind that once I release the music, 
is no longer for me. So my opinion doesn't matter. But sometimes I get caught up in it. Like I just got a, um, maybe like a couple of days ago, I just got a write up about 95, the project that I just dropped. And I was just like, the opinions that they had on it were like, I didn't agree with them. So I was like, no, nah, that's wrong. Da, da, da. But it's just like, dog, it's not, it's not minds anymore. So however people interpret it, that's how they interpret it. That's what art is. Can you name an example of that? I think that's really interesting. Can you, can you, can you, can you tell me concretely what, was written in that article and what you didn't agree with? First off, they got my lyrics wrong. So it was a specific line in uh one of the songs, Love Song Number Three. And the line that they were critiquing, that wasn't the line that I said. Like that wasn't the lyric. And just different takes. Like um something as simple as they may believe one song is one of the best songs on a project and I don't think that, but it's also, it doesn't matter what I think once the music is out. So all that is just ego. Mm. Writing your first, I think your first rhyme um, at age 13. Actually, I also I also found out that you bought Little Romeo's album. It was like the first ah! album you bought. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny, actually. And yeah. Little, I've never heard that before, that, that Little Romeo got, got someone into, into rapping. Right. Um, Lil Romeo Game Time was the album. That <laughs> shit was not fire like at all, bro. That was that was such a funny anecdote when you when when I when I heard about that. Um, mm -hmm. What was it about rap and about writing lyrics for you at at such a young age that made you want to do it? And then also at seventeen, I think you making this decision, which is also fairly young age, I think, still in high school. Um, you saying I want to make a career out of this is where does that come from? I know that's related to your uncle as well, who's had a lot of influence on on your musical taste and uh, you wanting to damn, pursue you music. Did, you did the research. <laughs> God damn. All I right. had to. I, I, of course, of course. I appreciate that. Literally, it starts with my uncle. My uncle was always like superhero, like the best person in the world, like the role model. So he used to make music uh, back in his day, but he just had other things going on to where he couldn't focus on it. But me just being like the the nephew looking up at my uncle, I was like, oh, that's that's I've always admired the fact that he made music. Then um, for whatever reason, as a kid, you don't think that kid you, like you separate things off of like, oh, that's grown up stuff. And then that's kid stuff. So the little Romeo thing was very pivotal to me because it was like, wait, that's a kid. Like, I don't I don't think I was aware about Bow Wow at the time or, you know, mm -hmm. like, so seeing Little Romeo on a cover, like seeing a kid on a cover in a store when my mom is getting albums was like, what the fuck? That's hard. Like, that's a kid. Like, he he's my age. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that played a big part in just having the confidence to not limit myself and think that that was something that I wasn't able to do because it's a kid right here. He's doing it. So it's obviously possible. And um, the the last part, I know it's kind of drawn out, but um, 50 Cent, 50 Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying was the album that made me like, oh no, I want to do this. I want to do this. Mm. Like, I actually want to pursue, like, that, that was, that made me interested in actually becoming an artist. Like before it was just like kind of infatuation or like, oh, making music is cool. I'm admiring. Uh, I'm looking at these different people with admiration. 50 Cent made me want to be like, I, oh, yeah, no, I want to do that. 
I think it's interesting how you mentioned the difference between just making music and then this conscious decision of, I want to be an artist. What is the difference between these two things for you? Um, That goes back to even what we were talking about earlier. I feel like you can make music. You can go get the equipment. You can go to the studio. You can just make the music and just kick it. I know a bunch of people in the hood that just make music and they don't even release it. They just, that's a thing that they do with their homies or their friends or just something that they do individually. They just like making music. The artistry comes into it when you start thinking about, okay, I want to release this to people. All right, I want to get videos done. It's like taking those steps to actually put yourself out there more. That's when you become more of an artist, when you actually start studying the craft more. You start becoming, you start becoming an artist. Like you, mm. you, you care about the meticulous things instead of just like, oh, making music. You care about a rollout. You care about an image. You care about how you perceive. You care about these different things. So, and when you when you start recording music and putting out, I mean, your first album came out in 2017 in Nuketown, mm -hmm. I think it was. Um, yeah. So today we're five projects like you have your five projects in bro i don't even know i think um okay so it's nuketown then it was franco then see i only really count those two as like full projects everything else is kind of like yeah. an ep so yeah uh 95 that just dropped was technically it would be like my third album but The line is so blurred nowadays, bro. I got a bunch of different EPs and a bunch of different yeah, singles. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But if we if we take these albums, um, how do you look at this evolution of Nuke Franklin in between that first album and the recent project that you put out? Oh, yeah, I was trash. I was not raw. <laughs> I was not fire at all. I think now it's like, okay, I had to grow up. I just had to grow up and I had to experience life more and I had to understand what type of artist I wanted to be along with like what type of man I wanted to be. So I think that just growing up and experimenting, trial and error type stuff helped get me to a point where I'm able to drop a project that's like 95. I think that project is amazing. Like I, mm. that's the type of artist that I want to be. Like I want to keep continuing to push in this direction, but everything from the moment that I decided to start releasing music led up to this. Can you explain that a bit more? Um, the type of artist that you want to be, um, and also this this idea of being trash. Like, is that is this, is this necessarily <laughs> based on like lyrics that you cringe when you hear them, or or the, I mean the beat selection or the delivery or um, how do you see yourself today and what was trash about everything that you did back then? I just, it wasn't, I was trying to figure it out. So it wasn't, in the moment, it wasn't trash. Like some of the stuff was like, oh, that's cool. I'll even go back and listen to like some of the old verses and things like that. But it, I, I didn't have any direction. I was just rapping. I was just trying to figure it out. So to me, it's just like, I'm very big on intention. So the intention has to be there. So now I feel like I have that intention of what I want to be. And what I want to be is one of the most well-rounded artists of like my generation. So I, I want to be able to do everything. I want to be able to give you 
uh, look, mama, I'm a man and then give you a moonlight and then give you a got me fucked up and then give you uh, like, you know, I want to be able to hit and be rolling on all cylinders. So you just mentioning the, the kind of artist that you want to be and, and figuring out um, who you are now and having a much better idea of, of that artist that, that you want to be also in the future. Mm -hmm. um, something that I something that I, I really felt listening to your music was you in your delivery and everything that you do it's really like you're 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 trying to prove a point and i mean this in the most positive aspect possible so you're really there and you're saying like i want to be seen i want to be heard and i'm good at this and you are very good at this mm, to the point where i believe that you, you know you're on the same skill level than mainstream major mcs that people might be listening to thank you where do you feel like people are overlooking you? Because from my understanding, you, you still feel that way, right? So I'm not trying to judge where you are at in your career and what you're, you no, know. I understand. When you think about that, what do you actually think about what's keeping you from getting to that next stage? It's just I'm playing a different game. I'm playing the game that is winning right now. I'm not playing that game. Like, and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the way that I want to present myself is I have a message to get across. I have a story to tell. I want to touch people in a different type of way. Um, and it's really just balancing, learning how to balance what I'm trying to get across. And because my, my delivery is very passionate, it's very sometimes aggressive and things like that, but it's coming from, it's coming from a space of, that's what I feel. It's not intentional. It's just when I record, I'm, I'm writing. Most of my songs are like feelings. So it's, I'm expressing what I feel in the moment. I'm expressing my thoughts and I'm just a passionate person. So I think that, especially nowadays with, I don't, I don't have, I'm not the guy that's like going to single you to death and it's going to be uh, hit after hit after hit. That's not really me. My thing is how can I get this point across, but also make it fly? How can I get this point across or get this feeling executed correctly and also make it to where people want to listen to it? So it's it's like a weird spot because you got like the the internet and the viral thing. Then you got the super, super, super underground. And it's kind of like, I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? Black sheep just kind of in the middle. Like, okay, well, what do I do? And how do, I'm I'm just figuring it out, trying to figure out my footing and where I belong. For a second, it almost sounded like intentional that, that you were doing this intentionally because that's how you wanted to move. So, uh, somewhat. I, I have my own set of just standards for myself. It's just certain things that I don't feel comfortable doing and there's certain things that maybe don't align with the overall message that I want to get across because this is an overall message for everything. It's, it's all intentional, but it's also, I don't like to get blinded by just pure intentions sometimes you just got to feel it and go with what you feel and can you can you maybe let me know if it gets too deep here and if you feel like it's something that you can't yeah. really get to anymore we hear i i understand sometimes it's difficult to talk about these things but these emotions these emotions you were talking about when recording what are those emotions does it i mean i understand it changes all the time and it depends on the song and you know but Do you think about that as well? Like where these emotions come from and what are those emotions exactly? Um, I feel a lot 
dog. So it's it's songs where I'm I'm angry. I'm songs like got me fucked up. Not to keep going back to it, but got me fucked up. That happened around the time where I felt like a lot of people had me fucked up. Bro, I write about what's going on with me. So if I make a song like Moonlight, I'm in love at the moment. If I make a song like uh, The Interlude on 95, it's because I'm experiencing these situations right now. Or I'm writing it and then I'll go back to it. Look, my mom, a man is reflective is me thinking about these are like real time emotions this is what i really mm-hmm. feel and i'm just a passionate person even in the conversation like i get in trouble all the not in trouble but i always catch shit all the time because i talk and i be passionate about what i'm saying so i get louder but i'm just a passionate person man and i feel what i write i it comes from a place of truth. It comes from a place of hurt. It comes from a place of love. It comes from a place of disappointment. It comes from a place of being overlooked in every other emotion. And and I think that's interesting because, because I mean, there are songs like Sunshine or 25th Birthday, for example, that were, were more dark. And you've mm-hmm. talked about this idea of optimism and you trying to look mm-hmm. at life more optimistically. When did you make that decision for yourself and why? Um, really around, it was pretty recent. It's, it it was pretty recent. I've always been on like, not always, but maybe um for years, I've always been on like this journey of self-improvement. Maybe since about like 19 to 20, just on this journey of self-improvement. Like I just know the way I react or the things around me, just like, hey, this shit don't sit right with me. Like, I don't feel comfortable with it. So it's just you go, you read a bunch of books, you start reflecting, you start journaling, you start just trying to find mechanisms to help you understand yourself and heal some of the things within you. And I think really my music, the, the I think the tight thing to me about my music is it's all the bookmark. You can see where it was just like, damn, he low-key was in a dark place. Oh, he was cool right here. Oh, this right here, He, you know what I'm saying? Like from... Yeah. Sunshine, which I think is a masterpiece, shameless plug. I love that song. But <laughs> that song, Dark as Hell. But then you could see in the next effort, which was, I believe, after Sunshine, I think What a Mess came out. That was just kind of extra songs. But then, like, Running With Scissors was maybe the follow-up, I believe. Then you see, okay, I came from, I'm being in this space to where I'm like, okay, I'm really actively trying to be a little more optimistic and also just trying to love myself more so I could be a better person to the people around me. And then that leads to, it's all like a bookmark. It's just like a constant, the constant evolution of a boy becoming a man. Hmm. And with your, with, with your most recent project, can you, can you talk a little bit about the creation process of it? The process of this, we start recording this in 2019. Is This is the third version of this project. The first one was really, really, really dark. It was really dark. It was nobody wants to hear that. And it's just like, it was more so therapeutic for me to be able to move and progress on as an artist. Like, I needed to get some of that stuff off. Then uh, time went past. I'm dropping music. I'm like, okay. This is 95 is still like in the back of my mind. I got to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm tweaking it, working on stuff. Um, then the next version was just trash because I felt like I was transitioning my style. I was transitioning like my style of person, just if that makes sense. Like just the, 
I was I was developing as a person and as an artist. So it was like I'm stuck in between this place of like making music that I was making before, but I'm also trying to up my artistry. I'm trying to do different things. I'm trying to become an actual better rapper, a better artist. And it's just like a weird spot. So a lot of that music just wasn't good. And then I finished up the uh, probably like 75% of this project last year. Like uh, I quit my job and I was just at home recording like a lot. And one after another, I'm just knocking it out. And this was like, oh, I'm I'm comfortable with this. I see the journey. I'm excited and willing to shut it off now and have this be the body of work to present. I ain't sending love no more. Fuck that. I've been feeling like the chosen one. Rock home stuff like a cornucopia. It's only smoke for us when they can't roll with us. I had to switch my focus up. Just know it's up for those who try to front on us. My side bitch on my back again. She mad cause I won't open up. Forever closed off. I've been working till I doze off. Jumping right over the bar. Them niggas sat just like a pole vault. Gold around my neck like an Olympian. I'm built to win. Twin pistols filling Lillian. Bro spinning like a ceiling fan. Ain't did half of the dirt that half of my niggas did. The meal ticket OG told me to keep my fingers cleansed Cause picking slim, no me and folding could never coexist So one day me and my day ones could reap the benefits down, bitch, before I die, she gon' get a biz This was Nuke Franklin's song, Thick and Thin And now back to the interview That's interesting that it, that, that happens simultaneously with you quitting your job um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like having... Having another occupation on the side kind of limits you in your artistry? Um, It's all about balance. Sometimes, yeah, and sometimes, no. But really, I just wanted to give my... Honestly, I just wanted a break. I feel like I never gave myself a full chance to like work and focus 100% on music. I've been working since I was like 16. I always, I'm always doing something to where I got some money in my pocket or at least trying to get some money in my pocket because like bro we need to fucking survive that was i think my favorite part when i look at 95 is that the bulk of it was made in the year where i actually had my focus on music so that just lets me know with the resources there's no telling what i could do if i was able to just focus like that all the time the level of what i could do like the sky's the limit that's that's a hundred percent me focused at the level that i was at and when you mention resources what what resources are limiting? I mean, obviously money is always a thing. You need money to buy equipment. You need money to maybe book some studio time if you don't have a home Mm -hmm. studio, even though I think that tends to be pretty expensive um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to book studio time. But um, definitely what, what are the resources that you need to, to maybe get to the next stage? I think the main resource to me would be, experience, just being able to have the resources to experience, that may not even be money. That could just be building connections with different people and going to different cities or going to different states and countries just to experience things, being placed in different rooms, being placed in different conversations and just broadening my horizons. Like uh, money obviously is a pivotal part of that, but res- mm. resources to me are more so things that I could do to develop more. Like maybe it's a, a 
had the resource of having a bigger studio because right now I record in this room that I'm in right now. Maybe I need uh, a certain studio with a certain a certain setup or I don't know, just like different things like that. It's not necessarily all about money with me because I feel like that comes regardless. So it's not really a focus for me. It is because like we trying to eat, but it's not the main focus for me. Mine's is like, I want to meet people that can help me develop into an even better artist. Mm. Becoming a better artist, meaning, you know, getting more experience, becoming a, I don't know, better writer, having your flows become better, your delivery become better. Mm -hmm. What else is there? Like, what do you, what do you need to learn still, in your opinion? What do you need to get better at that you think you're not good at? I think I'm, it's not that I'm not good. I think I'm I think I'm a really good artist. I do think I'm mm. I'm confident in the fact that I'm good. I don't think I'm bad at all. But I also know in my mind, bro, I look we we live in a time where we have a Kendrick Lamar. So like <laughs> like what am I who am I to be like, yo, I'm cold. I don't need to I'm gonna constantly mm. be having to learn. Uh and just like you said, like things like songwriting, just me and different people that have a different opinion on how I could approach things or just being around people and being like, oh, I like the way that they recorded that. Or, oh, what's that? How did you do this with your voice? How did you do this with the beat? How do you, what are your thoughts on sequencing songs? You know? Yeah, maybe maybe concretely now, maybe also since mm -hmm. you've since you've just released a new project, I'd be super curious to hear like what you think right now, you as an artist, you're currently working on to get better at. Uh, I think that sometimes my songwriting could be a lot better, uh, especially with hooks, harmonies, and different things like that. I feel like I do a lot of rapping. I do a lot of of, of just rapping, and I personally want to get, not get away from it, but also just experiment with different harmonies, different things that fit the music I listen to, because I don't even realistically listen to a lot of rap, dog. Like, I listen to a lot of alternative music, a lot of R&B, bro, like, I listen to a lot of different things and it's just like, okay, how can I incorporate the fact that I am a good rapper, but also make it more enjoyable for me? You know, like the shit be cool. It's fire, but it's also like breaking up the monotony of consistent rap. It's a lot of rap. So, yeah, uh, that it probably sounds crazy and it's like, no, what do you, but like, I just, I know what I'm going for. I want it to be an overall enjoyable experience for people. So I think a big part of that is also learning like, bro, you don't have to go in and try and spit the craziest verse or had a crazy, you don't have to do that all the time because what does the song require? The song may not require you to go and have the most like intellectual or deep or just overly lyrical or whatever, you know, just just becoming yeah. more of an instrument than just a rapper. You know, we're talking so much about the, the music side, which I love, which this, this mm -hmm. podcast is about that. And, um, you know, what I just had to think about is obviously the business side of things. So <laughs> yeah. you having, having such, such an experience already with recording albums and releasing albums How do you approach a release strategy? Mm -hmm. What's something that artists need to do to promote an album release like that? And what do you do in that particular case? Uh, bro, interact. Like, I think the biggest thing right now and just in every aspect, 
not even just music, it's just human to human interaction, like having a conversation like we're having now. Um, going out and shaking hands, kissing babies, bro. Just like talk to people, go and talk to people. And also don't be afraid to reach out. Like, I feel like for me, just speaking on uh, me personally, a lot of the things that I lacked before, okay, cool. I got the pictures, I got the cover art, I got this, but I'm not going to put in the groundwork to actually massage the relationships that I have Mm -hmm. or build new relationships. It's kind of just like I'm living and dying by these posts on the internet. So I think a big part for me is just getting getting in a position to where I'm confident and I'm comfortable enough to reach out to people, reach out to people that I'm fans of, even if it's not something that's being recorded and put it uh put out. Just having a conversation with people. Hey, how do you feel about it? What do you think? And actually digesting that and whatever. Like I think that's the most important. Uh shows are a big thing for me. Like consistently trying to align my bookings with like my rollout time period. So it's like, okay, I know I got this project coming out on this date. Who do I know? Like, and and really uh, it's kind of fake because a lot of the opportunities come to me, but it's based off of relationships with people that I have relationships with. Mm. But strategize around that to make sure that you have releases and then connecting it to potential shows. Yeah. I get that right. Yeah, and consistently just bro, staying in people's face. It's just staying in people's mm-hmm. face because I'm not I'm not doing like funny TikTok videos. I'm not like I'm not doing that. Like it's something that I do need to tap into. Like and I hate just using TikTok as like the go-to for it because it happens on every social media platform, but mm-hmm. I I know that's not me, so what I could do is make sure that I'm consistent in the fact of, okay, I'm consistently putting this project in front of you. I'm consistently dropping content that's related to this project. And every time that you do see my name, it's something quality. So yeah. that's that's what's the most important to me because this is not, I don't think this is like a project that I'm about to drop and it's about to, like, oh, damn, you about to get a Grammy <laughs> off of this. It's about to be a slow burn because it's a conceptual project. So yeah. a lot of my stuff is getting people to understand my thought process behind it and seeing if they relate to it. And just every time you see me, bro, I'm, it's not trash. It's, it's always going to be something that's quality. Yeah, this one goes out to all the overworkers, slow workers, fast workers, and everybody in between. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, baby, where's the champagne? Tonight I deserve some. No time for a vacay. I probably deserve one. A couple of smoke breaks to settle my nerves. Cause I probably a burn out if I didn't burn some. Ain't had a minute to reflect. In a minute, Balboa on the steps. I've been spreading sweat dripping down my face now. I've been out here, out running great clouds. Maybe I should take a break before I break down. It's up to the ones that just stay down Look, I propose a toast to the ones that do the most Can't settle for a slice No, we need to hold up Our biggest fan and biggest critic Really, we just trying to grow Can't tell a shit we haven't told ourselves a thousand times before Big goals, pie holes Trying to knock us off the road Still shining, still glow Whether rain, sleet, or snow They don't want to see me burning They don't want to see me burning My eyes are flowing I slid no, no, no Tell them, is it when I like it's 
This was Nuke Franklin's song Pigeonholed, and now back to the interview. And and in terms of performing, I know that performing obviously is is a is your bread and butter as well as is a major aspect of of being an artist. Um, how did that whole rock and roll Hall of Fame come about, bro? I thought dog. that was interesting <laughs> my, and crazy. Uh, my homie Corey Grant, shout out to DJ Corey Grant. Um, it's a group collective. I don't even know how you would identify them, but it's a group here named the Monday Program. Very, very, very important group to the city because they bridge a lot of gaps. They do an amazing job of being very inclusive and building with a lot of different artists. Like it's it's super fire. But they um I was going over to record with them and just building a relationship and getting cool with each other. And uh, DJ Corey Grant had a situation with the Rock Hall and they just were like, hey, him and uh, Cassis G, they were like, hey, you, we putting together a show at the Rock Hall, you want to perform? And I was like, hell yeah, why would I turn that down? Of course. <laughs> so that was, that really was them. That was them. And that that goes completely to them. But like, dog, it's the rock hall. That's fire. No, I mean, that's crazy. And I mean, if, if for you, I mean, you know, I think you, everything started at the, at the grog shop in Cleveland, which was like a much smaller venue, yeah. I guess. Right. And and now you're on this on this pretty important in this pretty important venue playing that that must have been quite a quite an experience. Hell yeah, Eminem performed there. That shit, like, yeah. that's hard. I'm at the Rock Hall. That's fine. Growing up in Cleveland, bro, we got, like, a couple landmarks that are just like, what? Like, and the Rock Hall is one of those, like, well, bro, why you performed at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. right? That's, like, international. Everybody knows about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, that was tight. What are some other successes that that you that you look back on or or accomplishments that that you feel like really have had a major impact on your trajectory as an artist? Honestly, uh, just feedback from certain people. Feedback from certain people that I uh, admire or that I look up to. Like different miles, well, I've been placed in like different um, like local magazines and local things like that. And I appreciate it all. It's amazing. But my main thing is getting the reception from the people and my peers. I care about like making music that it may not get because I'm of the belief that sometimes the best music isn't always rewarded. That's fine. Like, and I understand that and I accept that. I care about how it resonates with people. So mm. if my music, if I could, I would take me getting a supporter or a fan telling me that my music really touched them over like getting some other like fucking form of appreciation i care about the connection to people mm. and i've been that's i could really tip my hat on the fact that i'm my music is connecting with a lot of people so that's better than any anything honestly to me that means the world and with milestones obviously or with with mm. accomplishments there's also a whole side of you know the the challenges that that's that an independent music career just brings with it, you yeah. know. Um, 
what are according to you the main challenges that you that you've had or still have that you think about this shit expensive <laughs> like this is <laughs> very expensive to get quality product done and out that um working on other people's time because you got to think as an underground artist a lot of people don't really look at underground artists as important it's kind of like eh, i get to it when i get to it type thing um really that really uh, what do you think the is expensiveness because people it's so many people that do it it's just kind of mm. easy to downplay it now mm. i feel like every everywhere you turn is somebody that does something so it's like okay so the fuck what you're not important Is there a way for you to describe what makes the difference? Like, wh when will people start listening? When somebody they care about says that you are. Like, I feel like people will acknowledge it. We hear we hear stories about it all the time. It happens to me all the time where somebody of notoriety that's like, hey, I'm a fan of you. I like what you do. I really enjoy this, but okay. It's when somebody else comes mm. to them or they see that oh okay it's picking up now i don't i don't know what the science is behind that but i also think i mean i think part of it is people don't especially people of notoriety don't really want to sign off on something first i think everybody is uncomfortable with being the first person to like get behind somebody so and that's fine but that's just how we are as people like You're you're more likely to check somebody, not you, but just like uh, us in general. Yeah. We're more likely yeah. to check somebody out if somebody comes to them and be like, "Hey, you should check out so and so. This shit is amazing." Like, if you hear that a couple times, it's gonna be like, "Oh, cool." A lot of people don't. I know me personally. I dig for music, so I'm not looking for people to present it to me. I'm going to look for it. A lot of people need it presented to them. And the whole financial aspect, what? Can you break that down for for someone like like me that it has has very basic knowledge of what an artist really really needs in terms of finances to to invest? What is it exactly that costs a lot of money? Um, well, shit. First, we got just recording in general. So either you, it's either you're going to go to a studio. Or you got to get equipment for your house. Me personally, I got my equipment at the house because I like to, I don't like to be limited to like an hour block, two hours. I like to be able to just record freely. So you got to buy speakers. You got to buy a microphone. You got to buy an interface. You got to get a laptop. You got to buy a program like that alone is we already into a couple yeah. thousands of dollars by itself. Then you got to think you want to, uh, you want to record. Unless you put the time in to learn how to mix, you got to pay somebody to mix it. So, or you might have a homie. That's cool. Like you might have somebody that know how to mix a little better than you. They do it for free. But also you got to think about mastering. You want your music to be able to be for, especially for a cohesive project like 95. That got to get mastered because I don't want you to have to adjust. I don't want you to have to touch anything. I want you to be able to just cut it on and everything flows very smoothly to the finish line. Like, You want to get it mastered, that's however much, that's a couple hundred dollars in itself, if not thousands, depending on the level of mastering that you want to get. Then you got to think about the marketing aspect. You got to think about cover art. You might have a homie that do something you, let's say on the bright side, you you got somebody that's like, uh, I do your cover art here, just throw me like $20. Cool. That's what's up. 
if you want quality stuff, you obviously want to put a little more money into it. But let's just say the homie, he he's dope at what he doing. He say, all right, here, just toss me $20. Cool. Extra little money. But then you got to think about if you don't got a distribution deal, you got to pay for a distribution site to put the music up. Then if you want to promote it even further, you got to do music videos. A lot of people do it on their phones. Me personally, I don't really care for the phone aesthetic. I feel like it just looks different than the camera. I just really prefer the camera stuff. So me, you got to pay for photo shoots. You got to pay for video shoots. But in turn, all of this could be avoided. If not avoided, but the flip side to it is some people just build really good relationships and they build a team and you good. You know what I'm saying? Everybody helps each other out. Everybody eats. That cuts the cost a lot other than uh, equipment. But in now, like nowadays, in this day and age, it's not a lot of teams or people coming together. Everybody kind of just like, all right, I need my next meal. So like pay me for my time. You feel me? And I get it because pay me for my time. Shit expensive. So like I get it. Yeah, of course. It's a lot though. It's a it's expensive. Clothes, bro. You can't be out here looking like a bum. <laughs> you gotta buy clothes. You gotta like it's mad shit that just that's that's the difference between just like one to rap and being an artist. The artistry, yeah, is you gonna have to you gonna have to invest in yourself. Hey, one one thing that I, I love to ask in these interviews is um is about your unsigned hypes and people that you believe deserve more attention and are flying way too much under the radar. Is there some artist that you have in mind that you want to shout out? I think Malik is amazing. I think Malik is one of the most genuine artists I've ever interacted with. I think he's one of the most hardworking people, he period. Is. I definitely, definitely, definitely want to give him uh, his praise and his respect. And that's my guy, bro. Every... I, I really fuck with Malik. He's a good guy. Amazing guy. Amazing, amazing artist for sure. Yeah. And Kip. Kip Stone, bro. Kip, Kip Stone, Stone is the best. I will yeah. forever say Kip Stone is the best rapper. Period. He just ain't got the look. Super yet. Dope. Once he get the look, he the best, bro. He cold. I, I need to have him on the show, actually. I'd love to to have him bro. as well. Um He doing it, bro. The project just dropped uh Triple six eight nine Boulevard, mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. He's a, he's a yeah. genius. I love that that you have this connection with him actually, um, and and that vibe and that energy together is as you working together with him is it's always flawless in my opinion. Thank um, you. What advice do you have for other artists that that you know just like you might just you know when you were thirteen that you wrote your first your first your first rhyme or Mm -hmm. Um. Actually, did you wrote your did you write your first rhyme? Did you record a first song? I think it was more like writing. I recorded my first verse. Yeah, I recorded first my first verse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it switching lines from 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 popular rap so from from songs. Um, <laughs> yeah, from Lil Romeo. Bumped, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but people that that might be in the situation right now is is mm -hmm. what 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 would you what's the advice that you would want to share with them? Don't stop. Don't stop if you really believe in that shit. Don't stop. And keep going and you're going to naturally progress. And just say, fuck it, bro. If you're doing some shit that make you happy, do it. Who cares? The worst thing that's going to happen is you be like, damn. All right, I ain't reached the height that I wanted to reach. But I had a fucking ball and I met amazing people. 
So shit, that's my advice. Why do you why do you keep pursuing this? I love it. I love it, and it, it brings me a sense of fulfillment. I I haven't felt a feeling yet like when I make a song that I think is amazing. I I I don't. I love it. I love it. I'm probably gonna do it for the rest of my life. Like I just have a connection with music that I've never had with anything else in life. I feel safe when I make music. I feel heard when I make music. I feel understood when I make music, and I think it's just it's just a obsession. I'm just obsessed with sound. I'm obsessed with music. I'm a, I'm obsessed with expression. Like I love it. Nuke, thank you so much for this for this incredible conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for taking the time and for sharing your story with me. Thank you, bro, and I really appreciate you having me. This was Unsigned Hype episode 19 with Nuke Franklin. The track you're hearing right now is called Moonlight. You will find a song on Nuke's latest album, 95. Make sure to support Nuke Franklin by checking out his music and following him on social media. And for your weekly Unsigned Hype, make sure to follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below.